0: Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the second half of the Beaver show that we started the other day. Uh, This is Kevin. Uh, This is the WCBBN uh, podcast that we're doing on Beaver. Today, what I'd like to talk about is uh, basically how good beavers are uh, engineer-wise. Yeah, they uh, would take a small stream and turn it into a, a big impound uh, is what I like to call them, build their beaver lodge. Uh, beavers are territorial. Um, basically, they uh, don't technically tolerate anybody in their range but their family. So, um, But the engineering part, uh, you know, they turn mud over, they build dams, they build lodges. Um, very seldom, uh, we'll talk a little bit about bank beaver, but... Uh, I noticed that I find a lot of bank beaver on rivers more so than, um, impoundments. Uh, you know, beaver like fast water, beaver like any water, water is their highway. Um, uh, basically the, they feel the safest in the water. Um, as we talked in the segment, uh, the other day that, uh, I've had them come up, you know, 15 to 20 feet to 15 to 20 yards. So, you know, as long as they're in the water they're pretty much uh safe or feel safe. Um one big slap of the tail that's their warning that they're gonna they're going swimming. So anyways, uh we'll talk a little bit about baits, we'll talk about sets, we'll talk about the different types of traps, the location to set those traps. Uh beaver, like I say, you could find find beaver or they find themselves pretty much anywhere where there's water. Uh, it can be a little creek stream, uh, it's just a trickle of water uh, that, that would get them from A to B. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to float them. Uh, as long as there's water, they will travel. So as I mentioned just a little bit ago, the waterways are basically the highway for beaver. So if it's a little stream, they'll find their way to make it a big stream or they will, uh, you know, just, Just build. That's just what they do. Uh, They're very good at what they do. Uh, Other than chopping trees, they're very good at at killing a lot of trees as well. So, anyways, uh, I find beavers um, in suburban uh, suburban areas. Uh, I get calls, uh, beaver more or less on hunting property. Uh, As I talked in the other segment that I do like to um, postpone beaver trapping, Uh, that way there it saves um, the customer a little a little bit of money more so than uh, what it would cost Uh, we could talk a little bit about cost down the road but uh, every every uh, state or every county is different Um, I always like to say it depends on what the uh, economy is in your area so if you're You know, if you live in a a high populated area and there's work, then the bottom line is is, is you can charge a little more. It's not the fact that you're ripping the customer off. It's just basically uh, you can only charge what the economy will sustain uh, for your region or area. So um, I live up north uh, in Michigan here. Um, There's very few... Um, big businesses or well-paying jobs, there's a lot of little tent centers around. So uh, that's why a lot of my work comes from camps, uh, flooded roads, uh, just those sort of things. Uh, there's those people that do, do a little bit of work for the county, um, basically pushing out uh beaver, trapping them off, or however. Um, the fact of the matter is that when they plug up the natural waterway then uh Mother Nature uh she kind of floods the area out and the next thing you know uh you you're getting that call. So uh sometimes the the uh destruction that they do may not be uh right where you live or right where the the potential customer that calls lives. Uh, they will swim a quite a ways to uh, get forage, uh, food. Uh, they, they are very adaptable. Uh, beaver will eat pretty much anything. Um, you know, like I say, it depends on the area. I've seen them go from willow to poplar to tag alder to actually using corn stocks. Uh, so things like that, that's where the farmer comes in. Uh, he's complaining that, uh, the back section of his cornfields flooded out. Uh, the beaver are tearing it up. And so pretty much a lot of things tear up corn, though. But the the beavers, um, you know, like I say, they, they're opportunists. If you give them, if they see the opportunity, uh, they're going to take it. So uh, I find beaver trapping very simple, very easy. Um, it's only about as hard as you make it. Uh, It's not really a lot of tricks to uh, beaver trapping. So uh, about the sets, there's only a few sets. Uh, Most of them are a blind set when you're using a foothold uh, trap. Um, So that could be anything from uh, CDRs. uh, I like the TS-85s, the MBs, uh, 650s, 750s, uh, some Montanas, uh, Montgomerys. Um, those are just to name a few of the traps, but uh it's all personal preference, um pretty much what you've had luck with, so the bottom line is is uh what you can afford is what you what you normally get so um, <coughs> excuse me um i like I said earlier in the past show there that uh I use Duke and I also use the uh, Victors so uh that Basically, in the the Conibear or Killer Trap, uh, there's another discrepancy. Some people uh, classify a Conibear a certain brand, and then the Killer Trap pretty much pertains to any of the of the uh, Conibear style. So, anyways, uh, that said, um, I usually use them. Uh, the Conibears I usually use those on, uh, say, Calvert. Uh, the dens, the den runs, uh, any runs like crossovers, things like that. Uh, use a dive stick. Uh, for those of you that don't know what a dive stick is, is it's basically just placing a stick across their run uh, in the water to where they, they go under it. Uh, once in a blue moon, you may catch them go over a log if the water's high enough, but nine times out of ten, um, they they will dive to to go under it and basically the you have that oh I would say maybe a foot or, or less above the the um, I use uh, stabilizers the uh, manufactured stabilizer um, so I use the tall boys as well as the shorties uh, they're called H stands so there's a lot of little tools you can use to help you out. Uh, Back in the day when I started, uh, I was the old method, um, old school, I guess you would call it, uh, to where I would just use any size stick that would fit between the springs or in the loop of the spring. Uh, Then I would angle them across the jaw so when it fired, uh, it it would just fall down. And if you do it right, you'd be able to see it. Uh, That would be your indicator to tell you that the that the trap is set off, whether there's a beaver in there or not. Uh, beaver, beaver are very slick. Uh, they will use their tail to slap, basically slap at the trap to set it off if they're a trap wary uh, beaver. And uh, to to do to get trap weary beavers, uh, sometimes you really have to be uh, as much of a engineer to figure out the method to to basically get a trap worry beaver uh I like to use the foothold sets. uh I do a lot of mock mocking you know like a mock scrape that a deer will do uh so mocking is just basically building something that they didn't do, and what that would do is uh draw their inquisitiveness uh curiosity and Next thing you know, you have that uh, rate at uh, the edge of the shore. And, uh, you know, I like to go for a back foot catch. Uh, You could say, here's a trick, (laughs) if you want to call it a trick. Uh, It's kind of the same thing they do on coyotes uh, when you trap coyotes. Is I like to set it uh, three inches off to the right or four, and I like to set it about seven inches back. And basically, what that would give you is a back foot catch. If you set it center, center of the, the, the slide that you made the mock slide, or even on their own slide. But I like to do mocking because that normally will help you take the trapwise beaver. So, anyways, uh, like I said, I use the TS85s. I started out using number threes, the Duke number threes. Uh, that's a round jaw. And i tell you what, when you jump up to a TS-85, uh, I want to say that there's they're eight inches or thereabouts. Um, a very healthy trap. I mean, they're, it's a two-coil. It's a music wire. Uh, it's base-plated. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to trick out your traps to to trap beaver. Uh, they're a very strong animal. Uh, I use these TS-85s on uh, drowning sets. Um, I like to get there and not have to fight a beaver or have to kill it. So on my drowning sets, I use uh drowning rods. Uh, they're a three-eighths rod with a homemade lock that I make out of a bed spring. Uh, so like that, I just manufacture my own. Uh, I got the idea, uh, from a guy by the name of Tom Miranda. I'm sure that the name rings a bell to some of you. And anyways, uh, The rod set, uh, you can make them whatever length that you want. Uh, I like them better than the cable set because you don't have to carry sandbags. Uh, You carry one stake, and the other end of the rod set um, goes in the bottom. It's got a washer welded to it with just a spear, kind of like what a DP trap has, but it's a three-eighths in diameter. And you just work that into the bottom of the creek or the river or whatever, wherever your pond or whatever you're trapping and the next thing you know um you put a little arc into it and on the other end the anchor end which would be the shore end is a uh, um just basically uh, about a three foot re-rod or a key stake if you want to call it that um so basically the key stake uh i like to put that in on an angle uh, i like to put a little bit of an arc into that rod the reason is 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 that pushes up on the stake a little bit, uh, so when when the beaver gets down to the end, there there's still some tension pushing the end of that rod set uh, down into the to the water, and the beaver they just you know they're just frantically uh, because they're in a back foot catch, and the bottom line there is uh, uh, it doesn't take very long for them to uh, keel over. So uh, I really like that set a lot. Uh, I also use the cable set. I make my own. Um, It's at a 7 by 7 by 8 inch. Um, them I use all different sizes, all different lengths, I should say. The size is 8 inch cable. Uh, I realize that that's a little on the heavy side, but when you get 60 and 70 pound beaver, you definitely need something uh, stout, you know. So some of them I think the longest I made one uh one time on a job was uh 30 feet. And the reason for that is is the run that it was in uh I had to get it out past that away's and um and to get it into deep water it it uh I had to run it that far. So and um anyways uh, like I say on on the cable set you have to either take sandbags and then a shovel uh, to fill the sandbags up or fill it with stones if you're in a gravelly or a stony area. Um, some I've seen cement blocks out there, uh, brake drums. I mean, you name it, people use it. So uh, basically what I use is uh, cement blocks, um, some weight, you know, some sort of weight. Uh, I don't really use a sandbag Um I just, I like something that's uh, solid, I guess you'd say. So, anyways, um, that's a little bit on uh, the traps, a little bit on the methods. Um, I don't like to set a trap that's going to hold a beaver to the bank, you know. I don't like them to set on dry land. But I have found where they've pulled my weight up, which is a cinder block, and they have pulled that up on shore, and there it is, you know, but they've got it all twisted up. So that cable is pretty much no good. You can sell, if you do do your own cable work, you can salvage some of the cable out of it for say like earth anchors or something like that, you know? So it's not a total waste, but you do uh, get some waste because once it's kinked, uh, it's really no good. Um, I'm not saying that you can't use it. I'm just saying that it's no good. Uh, I don't like to use it. I don't like to waste my time, I guess, is the bottom line. So that said, um, let's go to uh, locations, I guess. Locations are, beaver pretty much pick their own location. So as far as locations to set traps, um, as I mentioned, uh, any of these things that I mentioned to you, uh, you need to check your state regulations, whether you can do it or not. Uh, I'm basically basing my uh, talk here, i talkshoe to you on the Michigan area, okay? Um, we do have a lot of, uh, I guess you'd say leniency um, for setting, you know, on beaver lodges or next to beaver lodges. I know several years back it used to be, where uh you had to set like within 10 feet of the lodge and i mean there's all kinds of of rules out there so uh to cover your own butt you know it's best to read it and do the best you can to um you know to save your height i guess you'd say uh i don't know what a a fine would be but uh doing nuisance work you don't really need to get any fines so Um, locations, uh, I've done everything from, like I mentioned earlier, uh, runs are very good. Um, so whether it's a crossover run or whether it's just a straight run that it's running from one pond to the next, um, you know, because they, they do have crossovers to body of waters. And a lot of times they will use a culvert to get from one side of the road. To the other side of the road, so the bottom line there is uh you know set them all best best uh thing to do is uh put out you know as much weaponry out there as you can uh but also pick and choose the best spots. don't just set wherever wherever okay so anyways uh we were able to set lodges, you know the runs are lodges, so uh I use the Tallboy H stands. Uh, sometimes I double up a three thirty on them um, i don't like the two eighties, but some people like the two eighties to me two eighties was made for otter uh, but you know and I'm not saying that i don't i think I have one two eighty and i I honestly couldn't tell you how I got it but um the rest of everything I have is uh Duke three thirties um and there's different sizes of three thirties uh some are like nine by ten or ten by eleven, so uh, each brand uh, manufacturer uh, has a little bit of a different scale, I guess you'd say, to base that on. So, uh, if you were to get anything like a BMI or um, you know any any of the uh, upper echelon traps, uh, the bottom line is is obviously you're going to pay more, but they are a little bit better made um I normally don't have any problem with uh my my dukes or my uh victors so um trap placement is a lot uh we'll talk a little bit about um trigger placement as well uh I think uh it was touched on a little er- or you know in the other show the first segment on um triggers a little bit uh but i i don't think we talked about the modification of them um there's several different modifications you can use uh we'll start off with the l shape like if you take a brand new trigger um they're v correct and then what you do is you bend one all the way 90 degrees whether you use the left one or the right one it doesn't really matter and what this does is it gives you a little bit of, uh, if the the beaver goes down under the water and he he may see that T or the V, I should say, um, he's liable to, you know, just veer away from that. So if you leave one of those straight, okay, straight up from the trigger housing and bend one far right, all right, 90 degrees, that will open that, 330 up, and you slide that all the way to the left just so the wire that you bend on a 90 to the right uh, will clear the jaw spread of the 330. So then when the beaver goes through there, he uh, hits it with his flank, uh, the, the hind quarter, or he will, his belly will rub it and and pull it and you know, bingo, you got a suitcase beaver, but if you have a trap shy beaver that's that's a good set to use. Okay, the other set uh trigger modification I like to use is I like to U them out. So I will I will bend them kind of like far right, far in the far left, and then I'll start curving that back up towards the the jaw. So basically what that'll do is that opens up the trap as well and it leaves the bottom edge of the of the uh, trap. So uh, this is the way you got to use it. Is basically upside down. <laughs> Excuse me. Most of the people like to set the con the con- bears or the killer traps with the V down. Uh, again, this is personal preference. Um, it's a trick that I, I if you want to call it a trick, it's a trick that I use. Um, basically, that works. I know it works. So uh, you can, you know, pull them right out of the box, clean them up, spray paint them or or dye them, whatever. I mean, whatever you want to do. I've used them right out of the box where I've took the oil off and and just put them on the stabilizer or made my own stabilizer or whatever and put them in and they work. Right out of the box, clean the oil off, and they're ready to go. So um, the other... uh, I mean, standard setting is the V. Uh, the conventional way is where they face down. And, you know, I always put my 330s uh, upside down. Um, I've always had good luck that way. Um, that You know, it's not a trick. It's not a secret. It's not anything other than that's what works for me. And in trapping, i, I just got to say that, you know what, do whatever works for you. You can try what George told you or what Henry told you about in the garage or, or you know, whatever. And give it a whirl. Don't be afraid. I like to think out of the box. So out of the box is doing some crazy thing that, you know, uh, somebody does, you know. That's just what I do. I just, I'm, I'm out of the box kind of guy. Um, people will say, well, you're crazy for wasting time doing that or whatever, but uh, it's not very long that I wipe out a beaver colony uh, in a section, you know, and just by my craziness, I guess. So, you know, don't be afraid to think out of the box. Is there a white, right way or a wrong way? Well, you know, that's up to you. Uh, you know, time is money when it comes to doing nuisance control beaver trapping. So the the less time you spend there uh you know obviously the more money you make but you have to catch the beaver so uh so whatever method works for you then if it comes comfortable or easy for you to do it and it doesn't take you very long to throw a set in bang do it okay so uh there's several different bait or lures um that are on the market uh i use a little bit of the dobbins um lures uh one is a food lure and the other is a bait lure uh one's called a wood chipper uh i usually use the most of that um and the the tactic of having different lures um is also uh what i refer to as a change up okay uh, change up is if you're using say a wood chipper to start out, and you've been there for three, four days or whatever, um, the next thing to use is, is say, a caster mound or or a caster, a strong caster bait, okay? Uh, caster in every area is has a different uh, pulling capacity, I guess you would say. Um, so the, the thing with uh, mocking, uh, why that works, is because beaver are inquisitive. They, If they see something like a, a slide and he says, huh, says, I never built that. So they go up and inspect it, and the next thing you know, they're caught in your trap, and so that, that works for you. Uh, the same thing with using a change-up bait or a lure. Um, you know, it's a different smell. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, that beaver are very, uh, very territorial, um so the basic thing to do is throw something out there that isn't his so uh eye appeal uh in any type of trapping is is key uh eye appeal can be anything um like i I'll tell you this one set that I really like to do it's a um it's used with my t s eighty fives it's it's kind of like a pocket set okay it's a mock pocket set. And then I have a slide. I just pull mud out of the, the bottom of the creek, creek, river, whatever, and I throw that up on shore, and then I get it real wet. And I, with my gauntlets, I smear it in to make it kind of a wide trail, okay? You can take your trowel. Uh, you can chop out a riverbank, you know, and I'm not talking – I'm just talking to make a slide. Uh, chop out that riverbank, slick it down, with your with your uh, gauntlets or some whatever gloves you like to wear. Um, I wear the gauntlets because the cold water uh, just makes my hands super stiff. Uh, I guess that comes with old age. <laughs> so but anyways, I wear the gauntlets uh, along with chest waders when I'm out. So that's a couple other tools. But I take my spade and, and I'll cut out a – carve out a, a – tunnel or a a slide in that bank okay and basically that's just a mock you're mocking up something that a beaver would do and once he sees that then you know he's going to want to use it or go and investigate and see what's happening with that okay so anyways what i like to do um, not so much with that um part of it but what i like to do is is chop it out all right and then um i I usually carry uh some uh, i in our area up here we have uh, aspen or popple trees I like to cut, cut them about three foot and then I take my hatchet and I just bark it up and it it makes it look i try to mock um beaver chew in a way but i don't i don't shred the bark off of it and anyways these these trees are young saplings you know I know you're saying well. You're, you're killing the beaver for killing trees, and here you go cut a couple trees. But this is this is a food-type uh, set. So you, you dig out that pocket at the bank, and you just stick three pieces of those uh, barked-up trees, you know, the limbs that are about three foot. You just run them in the ground, and you set that trap back off, like I mentioned, three inches to the right, four inches to the right seven inches off to the back, and if it's real shallow, uh, you can pretty much uh, count on that back foot catch. So that is a a real excellent uh, set for using for trap-shy beaver. Um, Basically, like I say, you're making a mock setup, so this is something new to him, and once that catches his eye, he will go investigate it. So I can pretty much guarantee you'll have a beaver there tomorrow if you have beaver any beaver left. So that is a, is a good tool uh, that I like to use. So another thing that I do, uh, we're not really getting to the end of the show or anything, but um, how I judge whether uh, beaver are, um, if you had knocked them all out or not, uh, we talked a little bit about breaking the dam in the first segment. Uh, I like to break the dam. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have that water rushing, you know, a three-foot opening. uh, If you dynamited the dam, uh, in our area, uh, after 9-11, we're not able to buy dynamite no more. So, uh, And even buying fuel oil, if you want to mix it with uh, nitrogen, um, nowadays they have us sign a slip if we buy any amount of fuel oil. So they're really watching it hard. So uh basically anymore we just gotta tear it out or use a tractor, uh tractor with a backhoe or something like that to break open the dam. Uh I know in our area, uh I have to think of what those water guys name are, but um the Corps of Engineers. Uh the thing with if you break a dam that big and it floods out of area, you can get your uh keister and hot water there from, from those boys. So you really have to be careful about how much you how much you break open a dam. Uh, what, they don't like the silt going in the, into the rivers or the creeks. Um, like say Michigan here, we're, uh, the great Lakes state and, uh, we have trout streams and so on and so forth. And they, the DNR get really stickler on that. Um, so anyways, that set is a is a great set uh to use afterwards. Um there's a uh we get jump back to baits here for a little a little bit. Baits are lures. Uh I also use a Dunlop lure. Um you could say I'm friends with Jeff, so I, I get I use his what's called Big Pile. Uh that's a, a really good um beaver lure. Uh it's kind of a caster smell. Um like I mentioned earlier, uh, I use a couple different ones of Paul dobbins uh one is called backbreaker uh that has a a, a little bit of a caster base to it uh, uh the wood chipper is a uh food lure um, and it, like i said that, I start off with that uh I like it because it's it's kind of got an oily base to it uh rock i'm sorry, Jim kind of touched on it. Uh, in the first segment there about um, when he makes his, he puts in uh, glycerin or glycol or or uh, some other. If you listen to the first one, pay attention when he talks about that. Um, and he has a little kicker that he throws in with it as well. But anyways, um, the, uh, the wood chipper, I like it because it has like that oil. And I try to put it uh so it goes downstream. I'll take a, a about a cherry size and I'll put it down on the bank, kinda um, you know, just so the water carries that uh that oil base from the from the uh wood chipper down downstream a little bit. So anyways, um that's a good one. And then uh there's a one called Green Slime. Um I believe the guy's name is George Wilson uh, that um it's called green slime. Um that's fairly new on the market. Uh that works really well. Um there's a gazillions of uh you know anything with castor in it um works well. Uh so uh you can use it from from say like this lake or that river or whatever and and go over to another spot and, and keep using it because a uh, castor is a natural um beaver smell, although all of that kind of uh depends on what they're eating as far as how strong that is and what is it. So anyways, um that is a good a good uh base to have is a, a castor based um lure. So um they touched on Hancock traps, uh also the Baileys, uh, I call those suitcase traps. Um, other than being real expensive, uh, in Michigan, I know in our area, uh, which is classified a 452 area, uh, we're not allowed to transplant, so, uh, anything that we, um, harvest or any jobs that we do, um, out of fur season, uh, so we're talking nuisance control here, that, you know, you have to uh, dispatch them. So if you have some way that you're catching them, say with the the uh, Hancock or the Bailey's trap, you have to uh, shoot them uh, whatever method you care to use or your state allows you to use. Uh, we're allowed to use a gas chamber uh, 22, um, or, say, drown them if they're, you know, on the drowning rig set or whatever. Uh, that would to bring them home and put them in a barrel uh our state don't allow that, so anyway, it's just a little tit for tat, but um the other thing is we're not allowed to use any part of any animal uh in our state uh so it's a shame we've tried fighting it um, at a couple of meetings I've went to down in Lansing um to talk to the d n r uh, all they'll give you is that they will uh put it out there to try to get the legislature to pass um, pass that. And obviously, so far, it hasn't. Uh, they look at it as double dipping. Um, you know, you're making money off the nuisance control, so we don't want you to do nothing with it. But you explain to them how much waste there is, you know, and, I mean, you just think of the caster and the oil sacks and all that If you, if you are a trapper. You know, a fur trapper, um, which I am. Uh, I've been do. That's actually how I got into nuisance control work, is uh, fur trapping for everything. I mean, sky's the limit. You know, uh, that falls under our our regulations. You know, so other than big game, we I pretty much do everything: bees, bats, raccoons, skunks, squirrels, chipmunks, uh, possums. Uh, beaver, you name it. The only thing we really can't do is big game, deer, elk. Uh, we can do harassment, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so if you get into, like, uh, pig deprivation, you got to be licensed. If you get into goose roundups, uh, you got to be licensed. So uh, other than, you know, uh, oh, let's call it over and above your nuisance control permit or license, whatever your state regs give you so um, but yeah beaver are are, uh, very easy critter to catch uh, until you get them smart or somebody else had made them smart so uh, there's not really good money in the fur industry the last say two years I think uh, the highest I've gotten the last couple years is about twenty seven dollars uh, we're talking fur trapping now, not nuisance control. Uh, Is about 24 to $27 uh, per per pelt. Uh, that's put up and dried, sent through Napa. And then, you know, those of you that know fur, the fur industry, uh, you wait for your check until they have their sale, wait for your check, and then when you get it, you can either be surprised or disappointed. So um, if you want to talk a little bit about fur trapping, uh, on beaver work, there's, it's really not no different uh, other than when you do nuisance control and say you're in a suburb or in a city drainage or something like that, uh, definitely want to take precaution, um, you know, on the matter of fact, about drowning somebody's dog or, or uh, killing it in a conibear or anything like that. So um, the, that's a little bit of the difference between fur trapping and nuisance trapping. And I'm not saying that you can't get in trouble by fur trapping uh you know somebody's domesticated animal, whether it's a cat or a dog or whatever. So um it's best to uh be smart, you know, wise about where your trap placement is. Um you know, we we understand things happen, but the bottom line is is that uh you're responsible. So Be responsible, be ethical, Um, you know, don't use a trap that's smaller than what it's actually made for. Uh, You know, I I hear time after time after time that, uh, and I want to say it's the young guys, but they should know better. I mean, they're on these forums just as well as the older or the next guy. Uh, A lot of people like to say, well, I'm going to keep my nose out of it. And sometimes that's a good thing to do. But the bottom line is is you know you have to be ethical. You you can't uh I shouldn't say can't, you don't want to use like a two twenty or a one sixty to trap beaver or you don't want to use a number one or one and a half foothold. Um you know, uh it's just not ethical. Uh you know, you have to think of of the whatever you're doing there to use the, the right trap to get the best ethical kill on them or, or however you like to word it. So, um, that said, you know, I ain't here to preach. Uh, I just like to, uh, put the word out that, you know, be as ethical as you can and, and, uh, go from there. So, uh, being, this is a solo show. Uh, I'm the only one here today. Uh, everybody else is out making money. um, I did a honeydew list this morning, so uh we're still kind of cold up here uh and really not a whole lot of nuisance control work going on. I've done some squirrel work, done a few bee work bee jobs, um one skunk job and one raccoon so far, which is very slow, but I haven't started my advertising, which comes out this week uh in the paper, so uh that'll let everybody know that i'm I'm on the prod. So, uh, I don't really think I can uh, say a whole heck of a lot more. Um, like I mentioned about the traps, you know, uh, it's, it's totally up to you. Um, you know, some, some will say, well, Duke traps are junk, but you know what? I bet you they sell probably just as many of the Duke traps, uh, say as they do the victors or, or whatever, but. Um, it seems like the more the, the sharper you get in the trap, and the the bigger the trap you want, or the higher the trap you want. Um, the CDRs, uh, they're a wonderful trap uh, if you like paying twenty-seven to thirty dollars a piece. Uh, the TS eighty-fives, um, if you buy them by the dozen, uh, they'll cost you about twenty-four if you pay the regular price. Uh, MBs. Uh, the seven fifties, um, you're going to pay, you know, rate right in there, 24 to $28. Uh, if you go with the four coil, uh, obviously you're going to pay more. Um, that's a little something I can talk about. Uh, is, is a four coil trap necessary? Sure. Um, do you have to have a four coil? No, but when you buy certain traps, that's just how they come, um, you know, they're not all base-plated. They're not all uh, laminated jaws. Uh, they're not all uh, music wire springs or or anything. So, you know, if you want to modify to beef up your traps uh, for Beaver, uh, you know what? The stronger you can make them, the better off they are. But any of these, the, the CDRs, the TS-85s, uh, the MBs, uh, I really haven't used any Montanas, so I really can't. Uh, speak highly or anything about them, but again, preference you know is, is everything in trapping uh, get what you can afford um, you know if it's if it's Duke, that's fine i mean they they work just as well. uh trigger placement is at, again the one of the ethical techniques uh to use because um, you know if you want a head catch. Uh you can leave it in the V shape. Uh if you want uh suitcasing then you know be, with trap shy beaver uh to go through your three thirty, then L shape your things out, move your trap uh dog all the way to the side uh on your conibear. and um then you have to move your your dog side all the way over to line up with your trigger. So um what else? I basically touched on the lures. I touched on the sets. We talked how swift uh, engineering uh, animals they are. Uh, we talked a little bit on their territory, um, locations, to set traps, obviously uh, close to shore, um, you know, uh, too deep of water. You're not going to get them. Um, I also, I'll tell you the little thing that I use here, uh, more or less fur trapping, is... Um, the bottom line is is I, I when I'm out in the woods, uh I'll take my uh tree limbing shears and I'll cut a bunch of uh small cedar. Uh cedar is, is a good thing to use because it doesn't technically rot away like other other types of um, woods. Uh you know, like you take popple, uh that gets cold, it gets kind of brittle, it can break. Cedar um it it just you know and i'm talking something maybe the size of a dime or or thereabouts and they could be 12 15 inches long uh sometimes you get undercut banks working with beaver and you know they will they will swim along that undercut and you build a mock run up on shore and there's nothing there to hold your trap because they have that all dug out under under a little bit so um What I usually end up doing is I'll take some of those cedars that are fifteen or eighteen inches long and I'll poke them into the bank okay um, there's other other techniques you know uh, I've actually used the H stand with three thirties and I have the trigger to where it um, just breaks the water. I bend the ends up so it just breaks the water I leave it in the the factory V that it comes with. And it just breaks. I bend it so it just breaks the water. And when they swim to go into that run that they normally use, that are, they're comfortable with, they they hit that trigger, and that thing comes around and grabs them. And they like, what happened? You know, some people say, well, um, you know, don't it don't it throw the beaver off? No, you know, if you bend those triggers just right uh, upward, you know, you leave the V there, and then you just take the end about. Three inches of the end and bend it up just so it's just breaking the water it's it's almost like it's not enough to see because when beavers swim um I got this from a friend of mine uh he calls it a hydraulic wake, okay, so when they're swimming, it's just like a boat, the v of a boat, their nose pushes or their mouth pushes, chin pushes, and it makes that that wake and I call that a hydraulic wake <laughs> my hydraulic Sounds good. Why not? Got to name it something, right? So, anyways, um, that's what I do with a three thirty laying on edge or flat. Uh, I've caught a many a beaver that way. Um, some people, and that's, this is a, one of those techniques that I call thinking out of the box. Um, you know, I've I've had it on a, several different forums. I've left pictures up and everything. So, um, anyways, that's a that's a good technique there. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about poke sticks, being I I talk about cedar. Uh, Poke sticks uh, you use to deter beaver from coming up on the bank around your set. So what you do is you put these poke sticks, which would be like cedar or something like that, and as I say, I cut them on an angle, so they're kind of sharp, almost reminds you of a beaver chew, and that helps you poke it into whatever, the bank or or the, the water's edge or anything like that. And that'll also be a good water indicator to tell you the water's getting high or the water's getting low. But a poke stick, uh, you can make them any length you want, uh, and they can be just about two to three inches uh, up on shore or at water's edge, um, and that deters the beaver from going up on land right there. It's not really classified fencing, but um, that would be another thing you can do in our state. Uh, one of the laws is you can't fence a creek right off. It has to be have flowing water, um, so you can't fence it off. Uh, I had used, sort to speak, fencing uh, to narrow a creek up and then put a 330 right out there. Uh, that works great. So um, what else? Yeah, you know, I'm kinda getting down, I'm pretty close to my hour that I said that I would uh or that I obligated for this show. Um if I could think of something fast I'll let you know. But uh again I'm Kevin Dan. I uh operate uh wildcatch I own and operate Wildcatch Nuisance Animal Control out of northeastern Michigan. Uh I'm in the lower upper I'm in the upper lower, okay? Uh, in Michigan, we have the upper peninsula and we have the lower peninsula. Well, I live up by the top of the mitt. Um, I've been in the business for, oh, I would say 15 years, maybe a little, a year or two longer. Um, I got to believe water trapping is one of my favorite things, you know, one of my favorite animals to do. And, uh, and fur trapping, that's where the money is. Uh, unless you live in a state that, has a nice cat, uh, and you're allowed, you know, whatever. Uh, here we're only allowed uh, two otter a season. Beaver are unlimited. Uh, Mushrat are unlimited. Uh, coon are unlimited. I guess you'd say the, I'd name the limited. Uh, otter are limited to two. Uh, we're allowed to take one bobcat. Um, and if you want a third otter, you can go downstate, which would be down... Um, kind of the Bay City Saginaw area or the UP. Uh so you you know you're you're looking at some traveling there and is an honor worth it. Uh not in my book. But anyways, um I enjoy the fur trapping industry. That's how I got into nuisance control. Uh it basically fur trapping lets you learn how the animals react to a point. Um but the thing of that is, is it's unlimited. Uh, you know, there's, there's technically not a wrong way to do it, other than if you don't catch nothing. But uh, all that goes into trap placement. Uh, I, I'm sure you heard everybody talk about eye appeal. Uh, so some like to paint their traps white. Some like to use marshmallows, uh, say in their DPS to, to for eye appeal. Um, but anyways, uh, they're but the only eye appeal that I could think of, uh, for beaver would be the, the popple, uh, three foot popple limbs, saplings that I cut and then bark them up along the shore. So, uh, other than that, um, I really don't have anything else to tell you. Uh, if you have a question, you can, uh, PM me or you can ask it where I'm going to post this. So other than that, um, Thanks for coming to the WCBBN podcast and listening to me and listening to Jim and and Anthony and Will uh, with the first segment. So this is the second segment. And um, some of the things, I don't know, I, I think we kind of skipped around a little bit. So uh, the other thing, um, you can learn the cage trapping technique if it's legal in your state. Um I know Jim kind of hit on that a little bit. The thing with cage trapping is a lot of times it's kind of like a 330. Uh, You set it in the run, and it doesn't need bait or a lure, not necessary. Uh, They swim into there. They have a a trigger. Um, If you listen to the first one, it has a trigger kind of like a 330. They swim through it, and uh, Jim's traps are spring-loaded doors, so he calls them a power door uh, which is pretty cool. So, um, other than that, I'm kind of down to my slim pickings and my knowledge. I think the smoke's rolling out my ears and so on and so forth. So, uh, if you have any questions, like I say, feel free to, uh, throw the question out there. As I always say, there's not a dumb question unless it's the one that's not asked. So, uh, that's how we all learn. Uh, like I say, I, I, I'm more of a leader, I guess you'd say. Uh, I don't use a whole lot of the standard techniques or, or the ones that the average Joe uses because uh they've already got the the beaver the ones that ain't caught uh smartened up but I I normally don't have an issue uh catching beaver. No matter if they're smart, trap shy or or whatever. Uh give me a day or two and and they're mine. So Anyways, as again, uh, we're winding right down. We're almost there for an hour, so we will sign off, and uh, thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.